The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship here at Providence, and today I have a great privilege to introduce to you, our listeners, a, a longtime friend, brother, pastor of mine, and a, a friend of Providence for years, and that's Chip Bugner. Chip, welcome. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so glad to have you. So Chip is calling in from Birmingham, Alabama. Now, Chip, everyone listening may not know who you are. Tell us a little bit about your connections with Providence back in the day and where you're at now. Tell us about your family. Yeah, I'd love to, man. So back in 1999, I was at NC State University, and my wife and I attended a, uh, I don't even remember what kind of dance it was at the time, but some kind of dance that Providence was hosting in partnership with Campus Crusade. And met Devo and Julie, and man, a year later, we're getting married, and Devo's helping officiate at the wedding, and I'm on staff there as a single and college intern, and go through seminary at Southeastern, Beck and I, and then start having kids. Now we've got, man, 20 years later, we've been married. We've got Emma, who's 15, about to turn 16, Owen, who's 14, Benjamin, who's 12, and Simeon, who's 11. So we got four kiddos, and the journey with Providence was awesome. We got to see just God's blessing during the season of college ministry and was the college pastor there and uh, sent out by Providence to engage the nation and went to least reach people group in Central Asia and was able to, to partner with Providence in some of those ways and just been so blessed. So glad to be able to be a part of this. Well, praise him for his grace. And I can personally, like many at Providence, can can just thank God for uh, his kindness to me through uh, you and your family, brother, your ministry. And, and for those of you who are listening and don't know, actually Chip and his family and my family and I, we all went at the same time to Central Asia, went through training together. And his friendship, uh, he's a little bit ahead of us marriage-wise and parenting-wise. And I just, I learned a ton from him. I can remember one day, this was actually in Virginia, him just saying, I just want to just enjoy my kids more. I was uh, I was really challenged by that and really helped by it. I've remembered it many times and actually kind of connected to what we're going to talk about today. We're, we're going to talk about something that is so significant, monumental really in parenting from the toddler years to the teenage years, and that's authority. And it's from a place in the Bible you might not expect. Chip, take it, brother. Yes. I appreciate it, bro. And I could say the same about you, Andy, and just learned a bunch from you and Erica, so glad to be here. But I've been thinking and chewing, and I think over the long haul of what we've done with just 15, 16 years of parenting under our belt, I think Genesis 1 actually has become kind of a go-to for me as I think about how we use authority in the home. And Really, I think about Genesis 1, and I think about this is how the creator of the universe decided to introduce himself to us. And you know that phrase in America, you know, you never get a second chance to, to make a first impression. Well, this is what God wanted to be, is our, our first impression of his character. And I think the two things that are bound together there that I've been just trying to navigate in our home and in our church here in Birmingham, Alabama, is the use of authority and the attachment that God has to goodness. And so you see this this kind of rhythmic refrain all the way through Genesis 1 of God doing something through the power of his word and, 
and molding creation under the authority of his word, but he particularly has an, a goal in mind that God saw that it was good. And he keeps saying that every day except for day two, and then he allows mankind to enjoy his rest on that Sabbath day. And you just see this, this, this dispensing of good attached to his use of authority. I think there's all kinds of ramifications for that, but you see this fatherly tenderness coming out in God that he knows what we need and he's providing that good. He's seeing to the good and having what's beneficial for mankind in view as he exercises his authority and molds creation to bend to his will. And so that's kind of what I've been chewing on. You, uh, I mean, you use that phrase, he will see to it uh, Mm -hmm. in Genesis 22 when this narrative of Abraham and Isaac and where Abraham actually names God calls upon him as Jehovah Jireh. It's the verb he sees just like we have here in Genesis one. And, and it's that same idea that he not just, he didn't just recognize or see something good. He sees to it. He gives it, he provides mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So just though the, there's a huge weight, kind of like a dump truck unloading every time Genesis one says, and God saw that it was good. Like it's not just hey recognition, but like I'm the one lavishing this good. He's yeah. dispensing it. And I, I've heard that a lot from you, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> Provision and recognition. Yes, that's so good. So what does that have to do yeah. with parenting and authority yes, in the whole? Good question. So, you know, one thing I thought about was uh, the, the Lego movie. I don't know how, if our listeners have, have seen that movie, but it becomes a commentary on the use of authority there at the end. And there's a father and a son at the end. One guy is perceived as a tyrant and he's Lord business. And he is kind of trying to to shape the world and bind the world to his vision. And it's very authoritative, very oppressive, more like Pharaoh in the Bible, just his use of authority. But then you see this, these master builders kind of tapping into their creativity to create not only what's there in the world, but use it to create even different things and, and mold them with creativity to, to do something fun in the world, right? Not just this cookie cutter mentality that, 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 uh, that Lord Business wanted. And I think that that has become like a, a helpful paradigm for me. Like if God decided to introduce himself to us in fatherliness, Genesis 1, to be good, king good and authoritative i think for parenting purposes there's a there's a uniqueness that comes in because as sinners right we in genesis 3 satan introduced this divide between god's goodness and god's authority so he put a a divide in his mind between holiness and obedience and happiness and that's when we went awry and went astray and i think our kids and us as parents are actually dealing with that all the time, that dynamic of are, have we grown suspicious of God's use of authority? When he tells me no, do I trust that no is best for me? When my dad or my mom, as a kid, they wouldn't be articulated this way, but when they look at our authority, do they sense that even in the yes or in the no, they, they know that we have their best interests at heart. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, the the fact that God has uh, said from every tree of the garden you may eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you may not eat. He's he just, you know, wild provision, whereas when the tempter comes, he 
uh, he twists that and turns it to has God really said you can't eat from any tree of the garden? Yeah. Right? He's trying to he's trying to to portray God as narrow-hearted, miserly, stingy Scrooge. Yes. Whereas God is portraying himself as a generous, wide-open-hearted, you know, open-handed father who Mm -hmm. gives and gives Mm -hmm. and gives. That's good. Um, Yes. And so you're saying we in our parenting should be more like God actually is than like Satan uh, wants us to view him. Yes. And I think for me that's come down to, you know, you, you kind of focus on, on the act of obedience, and you expect that as a parent. That's what God expects of, of our kids, is to honor father and mother. Um, and so you can narrow in on that act. But I think what Genesis 1 has helped me see is there's an atmosphere in which that act makes sense. Like, if 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 I'm Pharaoh, you know, if I'm oppressive in my use of authority, if my kids don't enjoy living in our home to some degree, then then there's a there's a suspiciousness that starts to grow in their heart and they start to refrain from obeying because they don't tangibly feel that this is going to be good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's yeah. A, a brother that we both know who he once uh, told me at the heart of our parenting, there's really two questions that our kids are asking, even if not explicitly, that they're they're asking do you love me? Like, are you for me? And can I do whatever I want? You know, it's, it's really these two things that you're getting at. It's like, okay, am I safe with you? Are you, are you creating that atmosphere of warmth and provision and love? And can I, you know, can, can I just go my own way and do what I want? And, and the, uh, the recognition, no, I can't do whatever I want is a and a lot easier pill to swallow when you recognize, but you love me and you want my good. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, Amen. so how, let's talk practical though. Like, how does this play itself yep. out when you've got a toddler or when you've got a teenager? Right. I mean, we, we yeah. have folks listening who have both, I think. So, you know, I think it comes down to what you mentioned earlier, Andy. Like, in the in the times that aren't disciplinary, are we enjoying our kids? Are we engaged with our kids? Are we listening to our kids? That's something I've been struggling with, but just giving my ear. Do they know that I'm there with them? Um, I think that's one way that atmospheric change is cultivated, is that we're we're tangibly there we're for them, we're present. Another way I've been thinking about, man, we, we just dealt with a issue of lying in our home, and you know, it made us, two, two of our sons kind of conspired together to lie, lie about this, this situation that was grievous to us, and they could tell it was grievous to us, and it broke our relationship, and, and we ended up, because we thought we were cultivating an atmosphere that they felt like they needed to lie, they were fearful, of the consequences they didn't trust the consequences would be for their good that we we ended up showing them grace in that moment instead of disciplining them in ways that we sometimes would have in a different season and i think that was just a um one tangible way i mean whether on the judgment day we'll we'll decide if that was the right move or not (laughs) but that's one way we're trying to infuse the atmosphere that's or for you uh we are for your good so those are two ways i thought about what about you man yeah, that's, this is really helpful. I think, you know, when you were talking about being available and connected, I think just trying to always increase the the volume 
uh, not like uh, how loud it is, but the amount of communication with our kids is really important. And, and this is actually a negative example of me failing in this. Like lately I've realized with my youngest child, Micah, there's been this kind of one circumstance where we regularly at the end of the day find ourselves like in the same room and I'm like checking the news or something on my phone and he's wanting to talk to me mm-hmm. and I see in my heart a, like I'm, I'm divided and just, you know, yeah. there are thankfully, um, thankful to, you know, to God for his grace or times when I recognize, Hey, I just need to put my phone down and whatever I'm looking at right now, whether it's news or sports is not nearly as important as my son feeling like I'm interested in what he's telling me about. And so I think keeping those lines of communication open and active helps to cultivate that atmosphere that you're talking about. I think fun, like playing games, reading books. We read, you know, we read the Bible together. Mm-hmm. We read books about the Bible together or books that are, you know, kids books that explain Bible stories. But we also, you know, we read like fairy tales together and chapter books that are like long stories together that uh, just uh, things that we can get excited about together. That's one specific thing we've done to, I think, for them to feel like, hey, this is a place where, I want to be. Yeah, that's a great word. Anything else, brother? Any final word on this topic on how the goodness of God connected to the authority of God shapes our role as representatives of God to our children? Great summary of the whole time, brother. I think that's a good one. I I think the word that I thought about was, is there a wooing sense to your authority in your home? Is there a a kind of winsomeness to how you're exercising authority that would woo your child's heart to be under it. I think that's what we see in Genesis 1. We see a great vision of God who has winsomely shown that he is for our good um, and he uses his authority for our good. So let's obey him in like manner. Amen. Yes, may and may, by his grace, our children look at us and and recognize that the authority that God has put over them in mom, dad, is a gift. May they be uh, grateful for it and and trust it. So, Chip, thank you so much, brother, for joining us and sharing some of this with us. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, Providence. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, our listeners, for joining, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.